if you think to yourself, I wish it was easier, I wish I had more support, I wish I could be more of myself at work, then welcome to the club. The reality is fintech is not that sexy. It is hard work, but it is super fun and fulfilling. Why? Because most of us are in a vulnerable financial position and suffer from money stress. So our job as fintechers is to come up with solutions. Welcome to Fintech Product, the place to be for career advice for women in fintech. I am Moni Millares and I've built a career building digital banks from scratch, both in the UK and Southeast Asia. I strongly believe in togetherness and I'm here to open up, share and bring fintech product and leadership experts together so that you don't have to start from scratch to thrive in your career in fintech. I'm Mexican-British living in Asia and I'm recognized as Singapore 65 fintech product leaders and women in fintech. Hello everyone and welcome back. Today we are going to focus on a different type of woman. So it is not your traditional, she has had an amazing career trajectory, but on the contrary, we are focusing on the rising gen sets. In this case, we have Ellie Mail. Welcome, Ellie. And I hope I pronounced your name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> it's a pleasure having you here. So delighted! It's so exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> it is very exciting, and then it's like just building on 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 gen sets and who you are. Basically, well, just for everyone who's listening, uh, Ellie, Ellie, and I met through a mentoring uh, conversation, basically through another network, through a friend in common, I guess. Uh, and then she was she was working with my friend was wearing with working with work university and then they were looking for mentors and then Ellie and I matched that's it and that's how we met and then basically we've had a series of conversations and then it's just been from my perspective it's been extremely rewarding to be able to talk to someone who's just at the beginning of her career uh, and just to share both like the passion, the ideas, like the wisdom, the knowledge. So the gen sets are rising, right? They are the next generation and they are going to be, it sounds cliche, the leaders of tomorrow, but yeah, they are the leaders of tomorrow. So <laughs> we might as well give them the platform from now. So uh, Ellie uh, is a student, English literature student in Warwick Uni in the UK. Uh, and not only that, but uh, she is the president of the lead network in work. So Ellie, super welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's very exciting to be here. And just to say from my perspective as well, the mentorship has been very rewarding too. <laughs> I really enjoyed all of our conversations and I, I've learned so much from hearing from someone who's been so successful with their career. So I'm I'm delighted to be on here today as well. Whoop, whoop. It's a win-win, see? <laughs> it's like, it's an inspiring, <laughs> inspires the other. Wow. So you, you were the president of Lead Network, but before you even changed the name of Lead Network, before it used to be the Girl Boss Society. And it was all about like women empowerment. Why is women empowerment so important for you? I think um, it's 
Wound Empowerment has been really central to my university experience. Um, and before I came to university, I didn't think it would be so important to me. Um, but I then saw this stand uh, on during Freshers Week, which was for Girlboss. And I thought, oh, that sounds quite interesting. I can get involved with that. And now that I reflect on it, it's sort of logical that I would be so involved in women empowerment because I've had such strong women role models in my life. Mum mm. and Nana are really strong. My Nana moved over to England from Ireland when, on her own when she was only in her 20s. Um, mm. So she's a very strong individual. And so I feel like it's logical that I'd see that and want to empower others with that same sort of purpose. Um, but I think also women empowerment is so important to me because I think there's a lot of movement with campaigning to get women's equality, but I also think that we need to give women the skills and the confidence to use the platforms that they're being given um, and to achieve their goals. Um, and I think I, from the moment I saw Girl Boss, I really resonated with what they did as well in terms of well-being as well, because I think well-being is so important for women empowerment because yes. having that sort of base level of feeling okay how can you how can you grow and develop and achieve your goals um so yeah that's a key point that is such a key point because like I feel like part of who I am and part of why I'm quote-unquote successful at what I do is because I focus a lot on my well-being Mm. when I don't have that it's like I feel out of I cannot be at my best that's it and I think we need it takes effort for me to focus constantly on my well-being. Maybe as a society, we can just like make it more seamless for the workplace. Like well-being, mm. it's just part of the core of what we do. Exactly. Yeah. My friend who um, was actually my predecessor as president of, of Girlboss, she said, um, well-being is the foundation of all success. And that's a nice little mantra that I've taken with me because I think it really does underpin every aspect of, of life. Um, it does. So, yeah. It does, it does. So talking about well-being and success, what did you set to do in Lead Network or Girl Boss Society? Um, so I really wanted to help grow lead network when i took over it was it had just been created that one year beforehand mm. um and so i really wanted to expand it um so thankfully i did yeah. <laughs> but also we faced lots and lots of challenges with the pandemic obviously um it's not been an easy road <laughs> um and i think it, it's really developed my resilience which i didn't think it, i didn't think it would quite so much but um, I think we really had to adapt to the situation um, and we've implemented a bunch of new things through that, which has been really exciting and something I didn't necessarily set out to do, but I have done because of the situation, mm -hmm. um, which is interesting um, and exciting, um, but also it has been challenging. Um, and I think just generally, I, I my key thing as well was while we were having this growth, I really didn't want to grow for the sake of growing as well I really wanted to make sure we stuck to our core of being about empowerment and it doesn't matter if we grow by 300 members if we're compensating on actually providing meaningful things to them I'd much rather we grow by one member and that one member feels like they've really felt a benefit from what we've done and, and we've really helped them and their university experience um, 
So <laughs> yes, and so that was that was really key to me, making sure that we continue to provide events that helped people and could help anyone as well. They didn't have to be from a certain degree or a certain background or anything like that. Anyone could benefit from everything that we did. Cool. What did you, because like, I find it so interesting and inspiring that it's like many students right now are like coming out of uni and it's like, oh my God, the market is like, the job market is so bad. And then we need to differentiate ourselves and get a job when there's like all these uh, basically job cuts, this, the other. But then you've got like women and men your age, mm. like you, that it's like, oh my God, they've like done so much already and they haven't left uni. And you learned so much by being in a leadership position in, in, a, in a uni uh, initiative as such. What, given, given that you've already had like a leadership role in, a, in an organization called Lead Network, what mm -hmm. is your definition of leadership? I think leadership is um, understanding your team. I think for me, it's more team focused rather than necessarily you as an individual focused. It's much more about like understanding your team and how you can help them achieve their potential and work their best. And also about building that trust between yourself and them. So something that was always really important for me when I was president of LEAD was if I had a big decision to make, I would talk to everyone and make sure that their voices were heard before I went ahead and did it so that I'm not, I'm not a dictatorship over, <laughs> over them all. I think leadership is the person who sort of is the voice at the end of the day that does say, okay, yes, this is what we will do. But making sure that that everyone else is heard in that decision, I think is really crucial. I have a super follow-up question. Did you Ooh. study that definition from somewhere or is it something that you've been like coming up with based on your experience? Because it's like, to me, it's like a perfect definition. It's like, it's not in a book. <laughs> I'm like, but that is like an amazing definition of leadership. Thank you. Um, I think it's just from sort of observing and doing because um, in my first year I got really involved in a lot of different societies um, and obviously girl boss as well um, so I observed other people and then I sort of did a bit of self-reflection and I think that's what I saw to be best because I saw it when in some other societies when decisions were being made without consultation and that kind of thing and there wasn't there wasn't that trust and I sort of thought, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I think just seeing what works best in myself and others is, is how that happened. It sounds like work. <laughs> like just, just like work. Sometimes you learn a lot by observing other colleagues and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Or you observe them and you're like, oh, I definitely want to do that. That works. Yeah. Mm. So it's, it's very, very similar. Yeah, definitely. What, what have you learned? like in these years so much <laughs> um I think I because I think one of the biggest things for me was I'm naturally quite a well when I was younger especially I was a very shy person growing up were you um, yeah extremely shy when I was little I did not want to talk to anyone oh wow anything. I could never imagine that <laughs> <laughs> well I'm glad because that shows that I have developed <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, and so my natural inclination would be to sort of not confront anything and just that kind of thing. And I think I always, when I became president, I thought, oh gosh, no, I have to have these conversations and I have to challenge things that aren't okay and that kind of thing. And, and just learning how to do that, learning how to have difficult conversations, I think was a big one that I sort of learned through this. Mm. Um, and just learning how to take that and learning how to cope when things don't go so well. Um, that sort of resilience that I mentioned earlier, I think is yeah. key and, and trying to bring people along with you on the journey as well, because I think I believe so much in Lead Network and what we do. Um, and when, because one big thing I did was recruitment as part of my role. And I think it's the really interesting thing of, trying to find people who have that same belief as you do and trying to bring them on your team and bring them along. And as you said, it is a bit like a business uh, in some ways what we're doing, but the, some of the difficulty comes in that, in that with the society, people aren't being paid to do it. Like they have no incentive other than their own belief um, or their own desire to have it on the CV. <laughs> so I think that was interesting and, and, sometimes hard to deal with when it seems like people don't believe quite as much as you do in it um and so it's just learning as well how to how to help clue people in onto what it is about it that that drives you and keeps you going um yeah, yeah. How? and also sorry like <laughs> yeah I was how? just gonna say I think generally it's just the also just how to do presentations I think that really pushed me a lot. And before university, I'd given a presentation to a maximum of about 30 people. And then in my first year, I for Girl Boss, I did a little speech to a lecture theatre of about 300 about what Girl Boss was. And that was terrifying. Um, but that really helped. And then through doing that and then through doing a lot of smaller events as well, I sort of built on that skill and built on my enjoyment of doing presentations and and that culminated in this past year, a couple of weeks ago, actually, um, I did a presentation uh, on as sort of on behalf of Warwick students in a way, um, as uh, for the Why Warwick speech on the open day, I spoke to nearly a thousand people cool. um, about my experience at Warwick and that was terrifying in some ways, but I would never have believed before university that I could do that. And I think it's through lead network and building on that and developing that at university that I've really been able to do that I have like a million questions <laughs> so <laughs> I want to get into your brain I'm like how did you do that how did you do that so yeah. uh, let's yeah. start like with the end like you talked about mm -hmm. being terrified you used the word terrified twice already <laughs> about speaking in front <laughs> of people and now mm -hmm. you were you were terrified and now you're speaking in front of like a group of 1,000 people. That is a lot of people. How did you get the confidence? What was your formula to, to start building that confidence? Um, I think it's sort of just trying. I think I, one thing that I tried to do in my first year, which I think has worked to my benefit in that way, is just going for it, <laughs> like blindly. <laughs> panickingly going for it <laughs> and just thinking like what's like 
I'm only going to benefit from this in some way or another. Even if it goes bad, I'll still learn from it going bad. Um, and just doing that really and just not worrying too much about what might happen and just trying my best, I think, was just yeah. I had confidence in that and surrounding myself with the right people who were sort of like cheerleading for me to do it, I think really helped um, because that's sort of what, gave me those opportunities to to practice and develop and and just keep going <laughs> yeah that's a very good point I do a lot of that as well I just like go for it and then let's let's figure it out <laughs> and then we'll see what happens so I, I I I like that approach too how did you now that you mentioned like leveraging on people that basically have your back and are your cheerleaders how did you find those people Oh, good question. I think a lot of them I sort of found along the way <laughs> with getting involved. I think the thing is about Girlboss and Lead Network is it, I think it does attract those kind of people who are sort of very ambitious and will support others in being ambitious. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was just the greatest network to draw on for the cheerleaders. Um, <laughs> And I mean, the people I've met along the way through my course as well have been so lovely that it's just finding people that I really sort of trust as well um, yeah. and through just going through that experience. And I think in some ways we all have the, the bond of getting through the pandemic um, that we're all just now that we have the freedom to do things in person and push ourselves more because we and not stuck inside all day. Um, I think everyone's just raring to go and, and supporting each other in yes. that as well. <laughs> That's amazing. And I think I think there's also an element of what you mentioned about leadership and being able to, you, you use the word, to recruit others to join the cause. Yes. I think it's part of your enthusiasm and, and part of, it's, it's a mix, right? Like your enthusiasm, your vision, and at the same time, like you say, the bonding of COVID, but how did you recruit other people? Like, what was your secret? So I think um, for trying to get people to join the society generally, um, it was all about publicity, really. It was all about trying to get out there, being present on campus, doing collaborations with bigger societies um, and just talking about who we are and what we do. Um, and getting involved this year, we were part of, um, we were a main coordinator for Warwick Women's Summit, which was a brilliant experience and getting a bunch of inspiring women together to talk about big topics, I think was brilliant in yeah. showing who we are and what we do, but also helping our members at the same time. Um, and I think in terms of uh, more trying to get people to be of my team, my exec team, I think it was just, It was using the network of people that I knew and trusted and seeing who they knew and trusted as well um, and just sharing who we are and what we do far and wide. Um, and we got some amazing people even in sort of when, sort of by chance almost. Um, mm. So we, um, last year we did an event in Freshers and there were two um, 
to students who were in their final year who thought it was sort of over for them for getting an exec role, but said, is there any way we can be involved? And then roles became available and, and then they were some of the most devoted people we've had. Um, and it, so it was so wonderful to see how just chance can play into it as well. Yeah. You know what I'm finding fascinating that you speak like any other very experienced woman. <laughs> And I find that extremely <laughs> fascinating because all the experiences that you've had running a society in uni, there's so many parallels with work, like how mm. you recruit people, the trust, like the serendipities here and there. There's always like a, an element of chance. It is like fascinating. So if anyone is listening, Ellie is an amazing hire. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll, 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 I'll vouch for you. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. It is true. It's true. Um, and then I'll just follow up on one of the points that you said at the beginning on um, having difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. What has been one of the most difficult conversations and how did you handle it? Because that is a very sensitive and important topic for students and for all of us in our career. Like it's always yeah. there, present. Mm. I think, um, let me think of, of all the, search through all the different ones. I think um, one of the hardest ones for me probably was having to challenge behavior from a group chat. So someone had um, called out people not uh, doing their work basically, but in, a not very nice way that made it that implied that they were speaking behind other people's backs um and I was like I saw it and I thought oh no I'm gonna and my initial thought was oh no I'm gonna have to to challenge this um and it was having that conversation of this like I really appreciate that you are so passionate about what we do and are so keen on driving us forwards and but <laughs> there just needs to be a little more empathy and understanding in the way it's said because I think also at the time what was challenging was it was during the pandemic and everyone was having struggles in yes. terms of their family their friends just polit politically as well we had a very international group as well so a lot of them were all over the world and it was all a bit I can understand why people were sort of bringing in their stuff late and so it was just saying it was the sandwich of the thank you but and then ending on the the nice point as well but it was it was a it, I was quite stressed going into the conversation but I'm lucky as well in that my mom um worked in HR so she could coach me almost on how to do that but actually right. doing it was a different thing indeed yeah because it does take a little bit of a nervous and courage and everything yeah because it's the whole because I, I I hate confrontation and so it was the whole this is kind of confrontation but not really but it is kind of um and it was sort of pushing through that and not and also not sort of taking I, I'm going to use a very Gen Z term but gaslighting yourself out of it and thinking oh this isn't actually a problem I'm just making too much of it because it was sort of up to me as the leader to act on behalf of the people who had felt affronted by it. Um, and so I think that was that was the key thing that kept me going. <laughs> I love well. that. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and you're right. It's like, yeah, you do need to 
call out behavior when it's not the right thing to do, mm. especially if you're in a leadership position. Mm, yeah, yeah, because that's yeah. the thing, because everyone sort of might, everyone else might feel like they can back out of it because it's it's not their responsibility. And so when you do have even a slight responsibility, then it is important to use that sort of platform to, yeah. to challenge. Yeah, I love that. So we've talked about the chapter of your life that was the past and everything that you've learned. And I want to focus on the future. And I'll ask, I'll, I'll use you as an advisor for us <laughs> rather than yeah. usually it's mentorship. It's supposed to be like for many people, like the most senior, not in seniority, but in age, <laughs> you know, like coaching <laughs> the other one that's younger. But no, which advice do you have for, not for gen setters, but for, let's say millennials and like people in leadership right now? Mm -hmm. Um, I think my advice would be sort of about how all, how those people in leadership might view people like me, the sort of Gen Z, however you want to say it. Um, and I think it's my main advice would be to use us for our like unique talents in, in things like social media and tech and, and don't be afraid to, to use those things because I think it's so much part of daily life now and, and sort of modern speak um, that we've sort of grown up with and it's sort of like breathing now to use it. So I think that would be one part of it. But also I think there's sort of the stereotype that we're the snowflake generation. And I think the thing snowflake is- Snowflake generation. I haven't yeah. heard that. <laughs> What's the snowflake <laughs> generation? We're sort of, I think it's sort of all about how we care too much about political correctness and how we would sort of flake it from jobs and that kind of thing but I think the thing is COVID for one has made us all so resilient mm. that we can't be dismissed and I think we're enacting change and challenging the status quo and I think sometimes things even if they're not completely changed I think people are challenging things that should be thought about um, and and that it's all helping to make the world a better place um, and hopefully just making people feel more included especially in spaces where they haven't been before I think mm. that's that's a really that's important, important thing yeah that that is like very very good point because like exactly many people You, you raised a very good point because many people are like oh they are like junior people they have a lot of ambition they don't have experience and I've heard from people in my life that say oh yeah like the younger kids like they don't want to work that hard but like you say like maybe that was before COVID but COVID mm -hmm. made everyone like go through a tough time so it's like mm -hmm. everybody has built in a lot of resilience even though you're a student Uh, I have not worked like that attitude is already embedded in your character and that's something to leverage at work mm. for yes. projects or entrepreneurship whatever is it that you choose so I'll swap the question now <laughs> so that was what advice you have for the leaders but then for anyone that is still a student or just like starting their career mm. what advice do you have for them based on everything that you've learned so far? 
I think just go out there and try things and just talk to people. I think that would be the main thing. And it, it's a scary thing to do, um, but it was really like my mantra going into university. I, in my first week, I must have tried about 20 or more societies on campus. Mm. And I think if you do have that available, if you are still at university, do just go out there and try as many societies and things like that as you can. And I think even with things like getting a job, you said earlier, Moni, about how hard it is at the moment with the job market. And I think sometimes just going out there and trying things that you might not necessarily say applying things that you don't think you're the best qualified for or just thinking oh this might be all right but it might not just going out there and trying it because even if you hate it you are learning something about yourself and about what you want and what you don't want but also you can gain empathy for the people who do love that um with things like societies you can you can try out a very niche thing um so for example at my uh, at my university there's things like minecraft society or Hummus appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> There's all sorts of very niche different societies that you can just have a go at. And even if you don't like it, you can sort of see why others might like it, but also you might find a new passion for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just just trying things and, and speaking to people is, is the key thing, I'd say. Yes, and that I'm a big fan as well of trying new things. Uh, and that reminds me of like many people. I would say under 30, well, and maybe under 50, <laughs> they, they say like, how do I find my passion? And I mm. think it's on that path. Like you say, just like try many different things. And then you just like try, test, experiment, give it a go. And then you start seeing what is it that you like, what you don't like. And you start, it gives you feedback. And then you start doing more of that stuff. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. So we covered advice for the old, quote-unquote, <laughs> advice for the young, quote-unquote. Um, what is your dream for the future? It's, no, not, not your dream as such. Like, what is your dream for humanity for the future? I think this is sort of flipping on this on the word, but I think it's about bringing back a greater sense of humanity. I think mm. it's, I think you can see in the political climate of today, just sort of what's happening everywhere in the world. I think sometimes we've recently sort of promoted growth and convenience at the cost of the environment and and human well-being um and I think maybe I'm too young and too utopian but I think it would be my hope for humanity in the future is that we can bring back a sense of empathy um and that we are a collective humanity and and we're all in this together and help people sort of consider the impact of their actions on things like the environment Um, and on other people as well and just generally stop hurting each other and stop hurting the climate I mean I'm sat here today it's predicted to be the hottest day yeah in the UK ever Um, so it's we need to stop going on the path we're going down I think and and just consider what we're doing and and how it will affect others rather than just ourselves Mm, that is beautiful 
Yeah, this is like one of the best podcasts I've ever done, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, I love that. <laughs> so building on that idea of being more human, bringing more empathy, thinking about the your actions and the impact that it has on others and the environment and just not on yourself. Mm-hmm. If I think of one of, In my opinion, one of the areas in life that can change for the better is work environment. And I think, like you say, like you use the word like snowflake or something like Jen said, sorry, like snowflake generation. But what we read about is that you guys basically put more boundaries and are more like, I'm not going to take that crap. Well, many mm-hmm. of us like just like push through, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's not an it's not that it's like an attitude thing, but like if you were to solve the problem of work not being the amazing place to work for mm-hmm. you and your peers, what could you do? What could be that amazing place to work, and how could it work? be be fulfilling for you oh that's a good one um I think the thing is for me I always want to feel like I'm making a difference either Mm. to an individual or to society or in my workplace and I think for me it's important that my company would be doing that as well and I think that's I think it's being able to find something that gives you meaning (laughs) to your work that's so crucial and so I think when businesses have things like um, women's networks or um, uh, the term is a bit in and out right now but BAME networks I think those kind of things can really help people find a, a purpose within what might just be a job um and find what they're passionate about alongside it and I think it's sort of finding the things that give your work meaning um Mm. and give your life meaning and incorporating them into your work um and obviously sometimes that might take the the joy out of it in some ways in that it's less escapism um but I think at the same time it's it's about having those and and so for me things like um diversity and inclusion as I've said um, is really important and also things like corporate social responsibility is really important that even if the job I'm doing isn't necessarily directly providing help to people at least my employer is using what I've done to help make a difference in the community Um, and I think also the authenticity is so important um, in the employers actually believe in what they're doing and aren't just doing it to follow the status quo and the movement of the time it's actually the the pride flag isn't just on the logo for pride month um it's actually putting that into practice um and i think so much meaning can be found in work through that as well Mm. i was just about to ask that it's like how do you know that it's for real because Mm. let's say i don't know like the big banks or big consulting firms since I was in uni, 
they already had many of these societies and these groups. Yeah. So, and, and it's just been growing and growing, but you're right. It's like, it could be that it's just a thing that they do because they have to do it. Or it's more like, a, hey, they hire a bunch of people to do CSR because it has to be done. It's part of somebody's job rather than mm. part of the culture. How yeah. do, do you recommend companies to embed this type of thinking in their culture so, such that it's not just like, oh, we'll have the one person that's passionate about women's empowerment to run the women's empowerment thing and then we advertise it to everyone. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, a lot of it is actually, it's sort of going back to what I said about leadership. It's like understanding the people that are there and, and actually reflecting what they're passionate about. And I think also just generally talking to the people that it's about so things like diversity inclusion I have a friend actually who at the moment is doing an internship in a big bank um, and who is um, has been disappointed by how even though the the bank has a reputation for being extremely diverse she hasn't seen that in practice and mm -hmm. she hasn't felt valued as her like her background and the uniqueness of her background, she doesn't feel like it is being appreciated either. And so I think it's about actually speaking to these people and seeing what they want. And I think that's even with corporate social responsibility, it's about seeing like what, what both do the employees want, what are they passionate about and what do they want to, to foster as a, as a thing that the company helps with, but also then speaking to, to people in the community and seeing what actual help is needed um and just incentivizing that really i think is is crucial um so that it's it's people don't feel like it's being done just for the sake of it or for a tax write-off or anything like that but it's actually is as you say like embedded in in the values because people employees make up the business and so why not follow what what their key thoughts are too yes yes that is like spot on you sound like a consultant <laughs> and then like you as Ellie Ellie um what do you want to do next I'm conscious that you'll go and do further studies but like what is what is what do you see in your path good question I think I mean as you said next year I'm off to do a master's um I'm following my little passion for literature doing comparative literature um, at King's College London um, but I think beyond that I think what's so crucial for me as I've said is finding a job where I feel like I'm making a difference um, or even if that specific job isn't making a difference being part of a company that values making a difference and wants to help people and wants to help the world become a better place I, I'm so cliche but <laughs> it's true I just I want to feel like my job is is fulfilling and and helping and that I'm not just following a line of work because I feel like I have to or I ought mm. to or anything like that feeling like it is actually what I'm passionate about and I think again I don't have a clear sense of I am going to be xyz in however long but for me, it's more about just trying stuff and seeing what I'm actually interested in. Because I think I found that in my past, I've, I've done internships and I've 
done work experiences where I've thought, oh my gosh, I'm definitely going to be this. And I've tried it and I thought, my God, no, <laughs> this is not what I want to do for my life. Um, and so I think it's just continuing to do that and just trying out new things and seeing what I'm interested in and and seeing what suits me and, and seeing where life takes me. Um, and I think that's that's the main thing. I, I want to get international experience as well. I want to see yes. the world and, and see what see how life is different in other spaces and, and just see where life takes me. Amazing. <laughs> but keep going and trying to always push myself to be the best version of, of me that I can be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That sounds beautiful. So as the last question, if I ask you to close your eyes, and then put your hand in your heart. What good future Ellie in 10 years time? Tell current Ellie as advice to keep that energy and enthusiasm and way of thinking, regardless of the challenges that come ahead. Good question. Um, I think it's, you know, at your heart and soul who you are and what your core values are and just keep following those no matter what happens and, and the difficulties and keep trying to push on to become the better version of yourself that that you can be yeah and you do know at your at the core each of us knows at the core of our hearts who we are and who we want to be and how to be the best version of ourselves we just need to remember to block the noise and come back to our hearts that's such mm -hmm. a beautiful that's such a beautiful way to finish this episode so before we go where can people find you people either students professionals recruiters banks consulting like if anyone wants anyone. to talk to you <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> yes. Go on, find you. Where can we find you? Um, on LinkedIn, I am Ellie Mail. Uh, very plain and simple. Um, and then uh, also, if you want to connect with me on a less corporate way, um, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, again, it's Ellie Mail, but there are two underscores between Ellie and Mail because unfortunately, I am not the only one. Ellie <laughs> <laughs> but yes I would love to connect to anyone and I also I'm I'm always I think this is something that I found with lead um and that I will always say to anyone I am always there if anyone wants to talk about anything um I always want to be someone that people can talk to even a random stranger listening to this if if you want to talk through something I am always here um so yeah awesome it's been amazing having you in the show at Lee and all the very best well i'm sure we'll talk again very soon but uh all the very best <laughs> in the coming year in your studies and then in finding the right job and the right employer for you so that then you can properly be that have that fulfillment and have the impact that you that i know you can bring to the world and that you you've shown to the world that you can do thank you very much it's been a pleasure <laughs> thank you everyone see you next week <laughs> bye bye <laughs> hello again it's been an absolute pleasure i learned tons from this conversation and hopefully you gained some insights knowledge or inspiration it could mean the world if you follow share and rate the show because it gives me feedback and remember if you have fintech 
product, career, or life direction questions, reach out. I'm always happy to help. Go to my LinkedIn page, Monica Millares, and send me a connection request. DM me and book time for a free mentoring session. See you next week. Ciao, ciao.